Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I guess the exposure, right? I mean, LA is so diverse. It kind of gave me the idea of doing something like this. I was never going to think about this if I stayed in Lebanon. That's a fact. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are LA Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both. Um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she shares with her listeners and her audience, but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that. And then also to know that those stories aren't just stories. They aren't just content. Uh, they're a part of a community, and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways. And the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships and, you know, and so many situations where I can track back person to person, situation to situation over months and years um, and, and just point to as free as the catalyst for, for what, you know, you look back and it's just, it's just magic. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for us free and the We Are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating, and happily cheering for a very long time to come. Today's personal spot is about how important it is for us to take care of our bodies and our minds and our health when we're so driven. And it's so hard because I definitely have destroyed myself over the last couple of weeks. I went from moving and being fit and eating clean and sleeping sufficiently to back to my old ways, which are sleeping three to four hours a night, grabbing whatever sugar or quick food that I can find, not minding myself, sitting at a computer all day long, not even knowing there's an outside that exists. And it's just not good. I feel the dramatic difference between how I was living and how I'm currently living. And I want to switch back to how I was. Like, I cannot be as an effective leader as I'd like to be if I'm just destroying myself like this. I cannot serve well. I cannot show up well energetically. And so like I'm running on fumes and on adrenaline because everything is so exciting. But if I want to be the best I could be, I mean, it's so cliche, but it's really, I need to take care of myself. So this is just a almost like a personal spot to myself, like get your ish together, <laughs> like go for a walk. I know I'm going to make the moves to, uh, to start to transform. And that transformation will happen right now. It's happening right now. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Bye. Welcome 
the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from the Valley. Actually, we're both physically sitting in Hollywood right now. He and his company are based in the Valley. I'd like to welcome Haro to the show. Okay, I always butcher your name. Am I saying it right? You're saying it right. It's I'm your, saying Harut it right? is right, yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Go ahead, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. So, uh, I'm an engineer. Uh, I've uh, been in the aerospace and defense industry for the past 15 years, but uh, most recently I decided to start a assistive robotics company, and we called it Markbotics, and that's what I'm busy with right now. Do you know, when I was doing culture fit calls with the We Are LA Tech, Exp- uh, the we Are LA Tech Experience Club and Summer Series, I always talked about your robotics company because it's just so much good in the world. Like... Get like talked about what you're doing for disabled. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, definitely. You're being very humble. <laughs> <laughs> it's it came it came out of a need, you know, out of a need in my own family. And there there are a lot of good companies out there uh, doing assistive technology and assistive robotics. Uh, but my drive for this came. Well, my first exposure to the disability community really came when I was doing my robotics masters. I worked on a brain-computer interface technology where we put a helmet on on someone who was significantly paralyzed or had significant paralysis. Uh, And that helmet had electrodes that attached all around the brain and made, uh, you know, contact at different locations on your head. So it picked up electrical signals through your thoughts. As you think thoughts, it uh, translates to electrical signals through the electrodes and that goes to the wheelchair motors and you will be able to propel your wheelchair with your thoughts. And when I first saw that, I was like, wow, you know, I was (laughs) like, that is so cool to do. I had, you know, different connection to the robotics world, right? Uh, I loved it, but I never knew I was going to do something for the people. I always thought of my work being with NASA and all these, you know, big names out there that are doing cool stuff, right? But never in a million years thought I would apply that knowledge to, you know, directly impacting people's lives, right? And when I saw that, that was the first time I ever said in my life that one day I'm going to start a company doing robotics and serving people with disabilities. And, you know, people would limited mobility and, uh, you know, to impact their lives and increase the uh, quality of their lives. And how long have you been doing this? Because you are, you also work in aerospace. Correct. So it's like you have dual lives. Up until two years ago, I had dual lives and maybe now a little bit, but it's gradually coming down to settling down to the robotic side of things. But I mean, uh, when I say robotics, it's dynamics and controls, right? And, you know, I had a tenure at I worked at Boeing, I worked with Northrop, I I worked with the uh, U.S. Air Force, and everything is kind of related. It's not not because I worked in the aerospace and defense industry that I didn't do robotics. A lot of the fundamental theories that you need to do any robotics can can be applied to the aerospace Mm -hmm. and defense field, right? Uh, Because ultimately everything is a robot. This mic, this... Is a Stand, robot? yeah, it's, it's a, you know, could be considered Hello, as a robot, sta- static robot, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, you know, sometimes people think of robots and they think of, you know, very complicated machinery or with, you know, high tech AI and machine. And, you know, and I was always kind of uh, skeptic, yeah. skeptical about that 
understanding of it because you, you have to simplify things. You, you always have to simplify things to deliver the most value to people. And so my transition from the aerospace and defense industry to my robotics company right now, it's not a big change, although it may seem one. Uh, all the same theories that I used for over 15 years still applies to what I'm doing today. And you somehow got a very established co-founder. Are you comfortable True. sharing oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit? Absolutely, okay, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so my co-founder is Jeff Hoffman. And I have no idea why he accepted to be my co-founder. You know, Jeff Hoffman, for those who don't know, he's a serial, serial entrepreneur. He was the original co-founder or founder of Priceline.com. And uh, to say the least, he is very established and very experienced, seasoned, and just a good person overall. I, that's my favorite part yeah. when you told me that before. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, I I think I got attracted to him. Can I tell the story how we met? Please. Yeah. Uh, so I was at a networking event, this, this exclusive event called... Um, Secret knock, right? That already uh, sounds exclusive. <laughs> yeah. So the secret knock uh, I attended, I didn't know what to expect. And at the time I was, and still I'm looking for co-founders, I'm looking for investors, right? And I knew nothing about the space, right? I'm coming in very fresh, coming from the corporate world. No knowledge whatsoever about yeah. this entrepreneurial yeah. thing, yeah. right? So there are keynote speakers and one of the keynote speakers happened to be Jeff, Right. And as he was up on stage, he was telling that his first invention was the self-checking kiosks at the airport. Imagine, like this guy is up there telling that... His first invention was the self-kiosks... Self-checking kiosks at the airport. So That's the way it bananas. happened... bananas. Yeah, the way it happened, he was um, late for his flight, right? Because there was a lot of traffic, a lot yeah, of, yeah. Uh, you know, crowd in front of the uh, ticketing, I yeah, guess, yeah. desks. And he ended up missing his flight. He went on frustrated. At the time, he had no money. Then he created the self-checking kiosks, right? That solved a problem. Yeah. He saw a problem. He addressed it. He found a solution. Yeah. And that was his first invention. Imagine all the airports that you go through today. Yeah. At one point, he was yeah. the one putting all this self-checking kiosks there. Yeah. That was like crazy. So he was talking about all his experience in the entre uh, entrepreneurial space, how he started, how he uh, met his co-founders, how he met his investors. What was what 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 was that interaction like? Right. And in my head as I'm sitting and listening to this guy on stage, I'm like I got to meet this guy. I got to meet this guy. Right. How do I do it? I, it's like and there was no a connection between us whatsoever. Right. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. I didn't know he existed like five minutes before he right. took stage, right? And then luckily what happened is there were a few charities there. So they auctioned yeah. him. They auctioned him to, um, you know, basically if you buy and donate to this charity, you'll get time with Jeff Hoffman. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that. And at the time I already sold my house because I wanted to, you know, bootstrap my company in one way. We have to get back to that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I'm like, okay, I know I have this money that I don't know what to do with. I think one of the same things would be to spend time with this guy, you know? So, and that's what happened, you know? They auctioned him. I won the auction and we spent, supposedly... It they auctioned him and you won the auction. Yes. 
And they auctioned him. The money didn't go to him. The money went to the charity. Can right? I ask how much it was? $5,000. Wow. And did you know at that point you wanted him to be potentially your co-founder? Uh, I wanted... Look, there this is a lot the most of innovative way to find a co-founder I've but ever heard. I'm, I'm telling you, I come from a world. I come from the corporate world. I know nothing about this. I mean, I feel like okay. Wait, just to speak to that for a second. I sometimes think ignorance is the best mindset of abundance because when you don't know what's right or wrong, mm. you just try it all. Yeah. Like, yeah. And 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 to, to be honest, like there were a lot of people who went on stage before him. Yeah. I didn't feel that connection with anyone else yeah. but him. Right. So uh, and I said, you know, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. You know? And I'm 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 someone who takes risks. To, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, qualify the, the uh, severity or of that risk. Right? <laughs> but uh, I, I I'm, you know, I take my future in my own, own hands. Right. That's that's the person I am. Right. right. If, if I'm convinced money doesn't mean anything to me. You right. Know? So that, that's a person yeah. I am. And a lot of people would say that I'm crazy and uh, maybe. Same. same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. We have the crazy in common. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that that's what I did. You know, I, from everyone who went, who took stage that day, I got attracted to him. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to only speak to, to speak to him. Right. So, and it was supposed to be a one hour lunch turned out to be a four-hour get-to-know session, get-to-know-each-other session, right? You can't hire a person like this for $5,000 even. No. Like, there's no consulting pathway. No. It's just, this is amazing. But th think, think about, you know, I spent $5,000, but now he's my co-founder. 100%. You know? I'm saying it's the cheapest $5,000 ever. Exactly. You essentially purchased something that wasn't purchasable. It, it wasn't, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, uh, obviously, after that, you know, four hour I'm blown lunch. Away. Yeah. <laughs> After that four hour lunch, we, you know, we exchanged numbers. We, I, I went to his mastermind. We did a mastermind together. Stop. Uh, I'm dying. You know, it just the, the 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 man is a walking encyclopedia in terms of when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. And and company building. Yeah. And taking it to uh, public. Yeah. You're right. Uh, what to do, what not to do. Just. And the, I mean, the knowledge that he has yeah. in the industry is just unmatched. So it's like, I, I didn't care. It was, I, was, I was ready to pay $10,000 for him. That is, I mean, it makes so much sense. I mean, this is just crazy. Okay. How do you, <laughs> I have so many questions. We, we have to get back to your house too, but before, okay. Staying on the note of co-founder, how do you present? Like, how does that conversation start? Do you just say, will you be my co-founder? Like, well, initially, I was thinking, initially, so. Uh, Do you get down on a knee? Like, how does that, <laughs> uh, No, you know, you know what it is. We both got attracted to each other yeah. on a human level. Yeah. Because I, uh, I told you, like, our initial conversation yeah. had nothing to do with what I was building. Yeah. How heart-driven you are is very attractive. Like, yeah. it's amazing. And, yeah. and, you know, this guy right now, Jeff, I mean, I, I love him. You know, and I've I've only known him for a year, but yeah. the, the connection that we have yeah. is is something something different. Yeah. You know, and I had the opportunity to uh, experience other relationships. Yeah. Before Jeff, right? That didn't turn out to be good, right? Everything was it was uh, was around money, 
and you yeah. know everybody's trying to make money Every, yeah. everybody should try to make money yeah you know that's we all that's yeah. how we all live but make it with integrity exactly right uh, you have to you have to be willing and able to provide value before yes. anything else yeah. to the person in front 100%. of you 100% you know and and that's what it comes down to and when jeff and i sat at the table together that that first meeting it was a friendly conversation yeah. you know it was it was getting to know you know this person and this person right it was just more than more than just business i right. i didn't ask even though i didn't know how to play it you know yeah, yeah. i'm like okay i'm going I'm, i guess i'm going to lunch with this guy right now so you know i don't know him he doesn't know me yeah. what to expect yeah. i don't know so he started hey tell me and he started by saying hey tell me tell me more about you man what's your story yeah. and that's how we started and i told him that i was a professional basketball player back then and you know we kind of so it was completely off track yeah. from from business right 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 and then uh, the co-founder thing so i went to his mastermind we did a six month mastermind together and tremendous value from that you know just listening to him his experience and and not only his business experience he's he's uh, personal experiences as well with yeah. different people in the industry like this yeah. guy knows everyone and anyone that yeah. i'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to this podcast would know if i named them right totally i mean priceline was an outstanding tech company before the startup craze before like everyone Absolutely. was trying to have a tech company it was kind of like priceline ebay google like yeah, yeah. it wasn't everybody at the time it was Absolutely. just a, a set of mm -hmm. yahoo like it was a small it wasn't very many yeah and and you know uh i mean i'm gonna tell you a little secret here i didn't know what priceline was when i first heard it <laughs> <laughs> and i and i come you know i'm i'm I'm, uh, you know, a foreigner. I've know. always traveled a lot, so, yeah, so. I needed my price line to get my hookup <laughs> on I, my plane and tickets. I didn't. <laughs> and, and I didn't. So I came, I came to the United States in 2008. Yeah. Right? So, and you know, I pretty much lived in war. Yeah. Uh, and in a conflict zone and all where, my life. Where did you come uh, from? Uh, Lebanon. Lebanon. Uh, that's where we I'm have to get to that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, so didn't travel much you know i came i came to america before permanently moving here you know twice or or once maybe uh but that was it you know when i came here you know when they said okay this guy founded priceline i was like okay what is that right yeah. so i had to google it <laughs> so now okay i know what it is and then i i learned more about him you know i you know visited his website and all and after being with him on the mastermind uh and there was another guy uh, who i respect a lot and i love a lot he's like a brother to me too uh his name is brandon t adams and he the mastermind was done through by uh, through the partnership between jeff and brandon yeah and i was talking to brandon one day hey I, and i asked him hey is he investing yeah. in startups right now yeah you know uh he said look man anytime money comes between friends or Two people that know each other yeah. well and respect each other, things get awkward. Yeah. So if I were you, he said, I'll ask him to be an advisor, mm. right? And I'm like, that was the best uh, advice I've ever gotten mm. from anyone, really. And, uh, you know, uh, long story short, uh, I, I was kind of hesitating. I'm like, how do, how do I talk to this guy? Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so I said, so I went ahead and said, like, hey, Jeff, man, this is sitting on uh, on my chest like a heavy rock. I'm just going to say it and be done with it. You know, F feel, feel feel free to reject me. It's cool. <laughs> you know, I still love you. Whatever happens. 
And he's like, yeah, go ahead, shoot for it. And I said, hey, would you mind being my advisor? You know, I'm coming from the corporate world. I know nothing about this stuff, you know. It'll be cool to have you on board as an advisor. Yeah. He's, he said yes to that, right? So afterwards, uh, as I was searching for investors and stuff like that, I'm like, you know what? What happens if he becomes my co-founder, you know? And so I sat on that for a couple of weeks, like a couple of months, maybe. Totally. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to ask this guy that question. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one day, hey, Jeff, what happens if you become a, my co-founder? Are you, are you open to that? And he's like, because it's you, I'll say yes. <gasps> you know? Just like that? Just like that. No. Just like that. Yeah. And I'm like. Stop. I wanted to. But this is now after a good six, seven months building rapport, correct? Absolutely. Getting to know your Absolutely. character. You Absolutely. didn't just go to some person with thought leadership. No. You built this through I the mean, mastermind, through that? the auction, through yeah. Yeah. Why would he do that? You have to you have to make your motives, intentions known to the person you're trying to build a relationship totally. with. Totally. Right. So And you were sincere the entire time. You didn't go in to it being like, this guy's gonna be my co founder in the future. Yeah. You went in from let me just know this human. Yeah, exactly. Let me uh, just know. And I was I was honest. I'm like Dude, I know nothing about this stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a lot of education, but they didn't teach me this shit. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if we can cuss on you. Yeah, we can. It's okay, a podcast. Cool. It's good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, that that was it. I just asked him, and you know, after building that rapport, it was a very, I mean, again, I, I, I just love the guy. It's yeah. Just on a human level, he's, so, he's something totally different. You know, so and crazy. He's, he spent his time. And one day, like uh, an investor I was talking to asked me, okay, why isn't he investing if he's your co-founder? Yeah. And I'm like, that's a good question. I never thought about that. So, and I didn't want to. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting heart palpitations yeah. <laughs> listening to this yeah, conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and I, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to lie. Yeah. Right. I'm like, honestly, I don't know. You know, because I never asked him. That was my first, yeah. first go-to Usually answer. my mom says, if you don't ask, you don't receive. Yeah. But then, you know, I called Jeff the next day and I told him, hey, Jeff, this question came up. And it's a, it's a yeah. tricky question too, right? You know, yeah. I'm asking my co-founder, uh, you know, this guy who's super successful. He yeah. did a lot of stuff. Uh, and I'm, here, I'm nobody. I'm asking yeah. him this question. How should I ask him? I'm like, Jeff, you know, this is the question that came up. You know, how should I address it? You know, and he said, "That's a good way to ask." Yeah, and yeah. Then, again, I'm it was very, sincere. yeah, I'm very honest. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to bullshit you. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he said, "Well, you can tell them the truth." You know, I stopped investing decade ago. You know, all my money goes to building charities, orphanages, and hospitals around the world for kids that you know can't really take care of themselves, and their livelihood is absolutely dependent on that money. And I'm like, well, fair, you know. And I told him, please, don't, uh, don't, please understand that I wasn't trying to corner you when I asked you that to be yeah. my co-founder. This, this actually came up as a question. Yeah. Right. He's like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I trust you. So yeah. I, that's what happened, you know. Uh, and but I was sweating when I was uh, trying to ask so him this question. Crazy. You the know? story is insane. Yeah. There's so much I want to, I, there's so much more I want to get into. Let's talk about Lebanon for a second. Your whole life was there. Yeah. I was born and raised there. Best days of my life. Uh, and uh, it was great. It was great. I mean, I, I did a lot. I had, I had a good life there. My parents, God bless their souls, you know, they, they did everything for us. I have three sisters. Uh, we're four four siblings. Are they still there? 
No, they're all here now. Okay, everybody's here. Yeah, everybody's here. Even my dad uh, joined us lately. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a good life in Lebanon. It just, you know, minus the, you know, I mean, we lived in the conflict zone. That, that was okay with us, you know, that, that we got used to. As, as, as bad as it sounds, we were used to it, right? I lived through um, a civil war, two international wars, like random bombings here and there in the city, right? And like I got arrested several times for, you know, randomly. For, for like, existing. For existing, right? So, so, uh, and you know, when, when you're at that age, especially, so I moved here when I was 23 years old. To LA. To LA. Uh, before then, I was playing professional basketball. In uh, Lebanon. In Lebanon. And uh, that was my biggest passion because my dad was a professional basketball player. Right. So for me, school did not matter at that point. Yeah. You know, like growing up, I was very uh, terrible at school. Yeah. You know, because my focus was somewhere else. Right. Right. Uh, my focus was basketball. And I, I used to practice and practice and practice because I wanted to be someone. I wanted to, you know, enjoy. I, I loved the game. And yeah. that was it for me. You know, yeah. that was the passion I had yeah. for that game. And nothing else mattered. But right. I wasn't building a future, right? Yeah. And, and my dad, even though he was a professional basketball player, he said, hey, there's no future with this mm. sport in this country. So you have to figure out to do something else. Interesting. And uh, of course, that didn't go very well. I still pursued it. And my dad wasn't happy that my grades weren't that good in, in mm. high school and college, right? But I, I couldn't care less. I just wanted to do this thing and this thing only. It's mind-blowing to me. You're telling me all this stuff that your grades aren't good. And I know that the future of the story is you end up in aerospace and robotics, like the most intellectual well, categories. I mean, it's, it's like everything else, right? It's physics. Two things can't exist at the same place at the same time. It's simple, right? And and when, when my mind was occupied with one path, Passion. Yeah, it just didn't have space for the other one, which mm. was my college career right. and my, you know, professional career. Right. Once that was out of the picture, even though it was hard for me to admit, uh, you know, now all my focus went to my studies, and I it didn't go to towards my studies because I loved it. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get a piece of the paper that says, "Oh, I have a bachelor's degree right, right now in engineering." Right, that was it. But something very uh, life changing happened in mm. my late stages of my undergrad. Uh, so we actually, I did a project with a group of people uh, and we won international championship in robotics. It's yeah. a Autonomous Unmanned Vehicle System International. It's a government sector that runs these international competitions every year. And what we built is an autonomous robot that n will navigate an obstacle course it's six foot tall robot. It's not a small yeah. thing. So we had to build it from scratch. Yeah. And uh, we won. And so I crazy. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it not because we won. I enjoyed it because when we were building this robot, yeah. I got involved in every aspect of the project from, you know, mechanical work, electrical work, software, yeah. and then putting everything together, navigation and control. So it's just so enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, it's it was then when I saw, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to pursue my master's in robotics. And that's how things progressed. And of course, when, when I... When in I, the States. In the States, yeah. yeah. I, I went to Cal State Northridge. I did my bachelor's of uh, mechanical engineering there. And I did my robotics there. And then I did MBA at Pepperdine. Wow. Yeah. 
So yeah. totally different from life as a basketball player. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you still play basketball? Uh, no, no, I have a lot of injuries. I mean, I, I would want to, but I don't play with everybody. I play, just play with people I know. That I know I'm not going to get hurt, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't take it any more injuries, so. This is amazing. You said that you leveraged your house in order to fund your startup. True. And, but before you talk about that, so are you as passionate about either aerospace or robotics or both as you were about basketball? I'm passionate about what I'm building right now, absolutely okay. 100%. And something I, sell, I, I say all the time to myself and to people who ask me, who, who I give them career advice, I tell them not once in my life I went to work just to get a paycheck. I always, 100%. You know, 100%. I always loved what I did. I just mm -hmm. didn't know that this other side existed, you know, that I could be yeah. an entrepreneur and I could impact more people like that and I could be more prosperous like that. I, yeah. I, didn't, I was totally oblivious of that fact because I was, you know, built in this corporate yeah. setting, right? Uh, but I enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed every single job that I had. Um, it was At times it was frustrating, like anything else, mm -hmm. but it was enjoyable. I made the best out of it. I showed up every day, gave it all my all yeah. I had, you know? And that was, that's what mattered. My, my reputation mattered to me more than how my boss made me feel, mm -hmm. to yeah. say it in a, in a very concise way. Yeah. So I was always working to uphold my reputation. And wherever I went, company after company, you know, that reputation followed me. So it's, uh, you know, in, in, I, I, I was setting myself up for success. You leveraged your house. Yes. So. Um, I mean, that I've done shit like that. It's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so I bought this house right, right after I got married. Mm -hmm. Right. I got married. Uh, we bought this house. And, uh, you know, it was a nice house, you know. At the time, did your wife know that she was marrying a future founder? No. <laughs> no, well, because, because her husband <laughs> didn't know she was marrying. He was, mar <laughs> was going to be a future founder. So um, one day out of the blue, I said, I'm going to sell our house. And. So we had we had, we had your our wife. son, my your son. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. The, wow. the story goes it gets better. So uh, I had a son, two year old son at that point. Okay. And she was pregnant with our daughter. I'm giving your wife a hug right now, <laughs> spiritually. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. And uh, she was pregnant, and I'm like, and I'm building because the reason I did that. Okay, I'm like I'm looking at my finances right now. I'm blessed, you know. I'm yeah. blessed. You know, my wife doesn't work. I'm the only income earner in the house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my wife not, doesn't want, not because she can't or she doesn't want to. It's because we want to raise our own kids. 100%. Right? I don't want, I don't want to leave my kids to my mom or her mom or, or a nanny. Totally. You know, I want to raise my kids. Yeah. You know? So we decided that, yeah. you know. As that, a team, as this a is the yeah, kind of family is, we want yeah, to have. Yeah, this is the kind of family we have. This is the kind of uh, life we want to live yeah. and provide for our kids. And I was looking at my finances. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, yeah. I'm considered as what well, top 10 or 15 percent of income earners in the United States. If my daughter is born, I can't send her to school. <gasps> I can't send her to school. Hmm. You know, that's so that was a, like a changing point to me. I mean, can we just throw in, though, that you're based in California? That has something to well, do with course, it, too. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's that's a, that has a big part of it. And and I don't want to I don't want to necessarily 
live below my means. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not okay with that. And know? for everybody that's not in California and not familiar with LA culture, our taxes are just crazy. Crazy. Okay, continue. Yes. So, um, so and and I said, okay, I can go get another job. And what's that going to do to me? Like 10% increase, 20% yeah. increase, what? Yeah, yeah. Right. Still, you know, I'm going to live paycheck to paycheck. 100%. Right. I don't want that life. Yeah. So I said to my wife, hey, I have uh, more knowledge in this area. Yeah. Not as much, but more yeah. than you. Yeah. So this is the decision we're going to make. And she freaked out. She freaked I freak out, out too. <laughs> my belly, like with a baby in it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> she even like went to my mom, cried. And, and she's like, oh, Harut is selling the house. I'm like, Oh, and my mom calls me. Are you selling the house? I'm like, what's the what's the matter with you? you know, everybody wants to buy a house. You're selling your house. I'm like, uh, yes, I'm selling my house. Uh, period. Let's change the subject. And you know? at this point, did you already have your co-founder? No. Okay. I no no. I didn't have the this co-founder. This was like I barely had a company. <laughs> I barely had a <laughs> this company. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and not so amazing for her. But amazing. Not so amazing. <laughs> but 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 we end up moving to a bigger house. We're renting. Right, a bigger house, which end up better for us because we kind of there is a day, there was a daycare like maybe three doors down from yeah. our house. It's a very nice neighborhood in yeah. Porter Ranch, so uh, it end up it worked out. Yeah, you know, and now we're you know shooting for becoming better as 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 a team as a family. So you had that you had this thought, a thought that I think about. I've been a founder the majority of my career, so I think about this often. I'm like, it's so weird even though it's so difficult to be an entrepreneur, there's just a cap at being an employee. You could only grow so far. You you legit can't very few people can make, especially in California, can make tremendous yeah, living. It, you can be paid a lot and still take home so little because mm-hmm. of taxes. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and I mean, and I was just sick of the corporate setting. Mm. You know, it just it's. Uh, I mean, obviously they're throwing good technology out there, right? Especially yeah. the engineering companies. But uh, I'm one who gets bored fast, right? Likes to do things fast. Uh, okay, we have a project. Let's get it done and move yeah. on. Like I don't like the political uh, dynamics, yeah. right? That exist in the corporate world. So I was, you know, after 15 years, I was like sick and tired of it. Yeah, you know, I, you know, if I want, if I want to suffer for a company, right? I rather suffer, suffer for, for my, your own. You know, let's circle back to two things. I want to get into LA culture, but first, tell us where's your company right now, and how can we support you in accelerating your company forward? Uh, well, right now. We are developing, well, actually, we have a prototype. We tested our prototype and we validated the market need. And we're looking for investors right now. We are a pre-seed stage. I mean, the, the more people I test this robot with, I'm probably going to do a Kickstarter at one point, so I'll probably need, need support there as well. Um, just, you know, spreading the word. If there's an investor that is interested in impacting the lives of people with disabilities and our elderly, that, you know, that's a huge target market if we're speaking dollar amounts and, and quantity of, of just target market. Yeah, right? yeah. The market is there. So, yeah, that's I mean, that's where we are. We are looking for investors and capital. And let's restate exactly now that so many have heard your story. Let's restate exactly what your company does. Okay. To, so when you launch this Kickstarter, they'll know yes or no. We want to yeah. be a backer. So we develop assistive robotics and we are reimagining independent living and accessibility 
for our elderly and those living with disabilities. And why do I not say revolutionize or use some cliche word like that? Is because there are a lot of companies doing assistive robotics, assistive technology, but how much their impact is, now that's a gray area a little bit. So based on my research, I went around and asked a lot of people with various disabilities, you know, because when I started the company, I didn't know what to go to market with. Right. So I did a lot of research. I visited a lot of people, talked to a lot of people. And I started a podcast, right, to continue my research during the po- pandemic. And that's, Are you still doing your podcast? I am doing my podcast. Shout out your podcast. Well, it's Mobility and Inclusion. It's on Mobility Spotify. and Inclusion. Mobility and Inclusion. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. <laughs> thank you. You know, that's how my first product came to life, from the podcast, from a guest at my podcast. So we did a quick prototype, you know, went, tested it with many people with various disabilities, like blind people, spinal cord injury people, uh, spina bifida, uh, and elderly, hip replacement surgeries. And uh, we found that there's a huge need for this. And it was, you know, I, I don't want to sound downplaying my my technology here, but it was relatively simple to put this out at a reasonable price mm-hmm. why other tech other companies did not do this yet i'm not sure but uh this community of people with disabilities is, is always left behind always walk us through what it looks like so uh we are developing the idea right now so it'll be like like a, but when people have tested it mm-hmm. what are they testing so they're testing for example let's say you're using a wheelchair okay or let's say you have a hip replacement oh okay. i'm gonna give you a great example yeah my neighbor she had her hip replacement okay. surgery right and one day she was picking up her news morning newspaper yeah and she fell oh. it's 5:30 a.m in the morning that sucks right yeah she fell she can't get back up she's on the heavier heavier side yeah. right so uh you know she was yelling and screaming and i'm like next door what's that yeah you know, i'm usually up at 5 a.m yeah. so um i went and ch- you know checked her out and see she was bleeding she hit her head yeah right she was bleeding yeah. and um you know so things like that for example if the robot i named it grace yeah. and grace stands for uh, ground robotic assistant for care enablement and I didn't know that sounded grace until someone pointed pointed out to me. So, you know, happy coincidence. I know. Uh, when you said it, that's what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that robot will assist individuals in performing activities of daily living. And what are activities of daily living? Let, let, let's say the simplest of tasks. It's like grabbing that newspaper, for example. You know, you know you have limited mobility. Why risk a fall, right? Or uh, And a lot of people who are on wheelchairs and have you know, low dexterity, limited mobility, when they reach over to grab something, they are risking a fall. Our elderly on walkers, when they bend over to pick something up that they dropped, whether it's keys, cell phone, uh, yeah. wallet, whatever whatever it may be, right? To pick something up, they're risking a fall. And once they fall, now the repercussions from it is, is mm. far greater. Yeah. So, um, you know, so this robot is addressing that and it's being a companion. And I experienced this with my own grandparents you know they both due to stroke became completely dependent on caregivers their their mobility was very limited so and more than more than their situation it was that transition from being fully able to fully now you know completely kind of dependent on other people the toll that that took on the on their emotional well-being was tremendous yeah so 
uh, this robot is, can be a companion, can be a helping hand. You know, it helps you perform activities of daily living. Uh, and it will address the shortages that that we are seeing right now in the United States of caregivers. You know, there are shortages. Totally. Plus, there are high costs associated with acquiring a caregiver. Uh, and I know this firsthand. I experienced this with my grandparents firsthand. And that's another thing I don't want. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to be at a position where I can, I'm able to afford that for, for my loved one when the time comes. Hopefully it never comes. They will die in one piece and move on to the next life, right? That, that's what everybody would want. Yes. Uh, no one would want to suffer. But unfortunately, I experienced that. Uh, so now I think with Grace, we are addressing some of those challenges. There's probably so many people around the world that will want to support you in what you're doing when you launch the Kickstarter. Where should they connect with you? How, how do they find out more? So they can find me on social media. They can go to my website. Uh, they will have all the social media links from there. But will I, you spell it out for everybody? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, markbotics.com. M like Mary, A-R-K-B-O-T like Tom, I-X.com. How do they connect with you? Uh, you know, my email or, or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm, ve- I'm Can very... Can you spell out the one that... Sure. Uh, so Twitter is my name. So H-A-R-O-U-T like Tom, Z-M like Mary. And that's my Twitter handle. Uh, and if you just go to markbotics.com, you'll be able to follow me, either email me or get in touch with me through my uh, social media accounts. Awesome. Your story has been fascinating. I could seriously talk to you for ages. I have a zillion more questions, but maybe we'll have to do a part two, a part three, a part four. Let's dive into a little bit of LA tech culture. How has LA supported you in moving ahead, having a robotics company? Specifically, we are LA tech or LA tech in general? Just LA in general. so um, I guess the exposure, right? That's like it's. I mean, LA is so diverse, and uh, you know, it kind of gave me the 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 idea of of doing something like this. You know, I was never gonna think about this if I stayed in Lebanon, right? And that's I can say, that's a fact, right? Hundred percent a fact. But you know, being in LA and v- witnessing various cultures. Um, Experiencing various technologies, uh, you know, meeting various people. You know, I met, I met you. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank I'm you so much. I'm grateful I met you too. Um, and, you know, it you kinda, met the, another crazy. Another crazy, you know, <laughs> crazies attract. So, <laughs> uh, so it kind of opened my eye to this other side of things that I could be doing and I could be impacting people's lives. And I'm, I cannot be more blessed or grateful for it. Awesome. And... Your favorite restaurant? Oh man, I, uh, I mean the 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 one that guy mentioned, the car- carousel one. Yeah, on uh, another that, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know that one. Oh yeah, well, yeah, all Armenians know that. Say say, say it, say it, uh, uh, because people may have not listened car- to carousel. That. Carousel. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think there's one in Hollywood and there's one in Glendale. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so Carousel is just popular on the podcast lately. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Now we we need to, you know, get a sponsorship or something. Uh, uh, But... I don't know if you you heard me say this uh, earlier when we were offline, but I think I'm going to do uh, a We Are Like Tech Summer <laughs> series get together at this magical restaurant that the I mean, both of you keep recommending. I mean, it's not magic, and I eat that I eat that at home all the time, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm Lebanese, you know. 
hummus is Lebanese. So it's like no, that, that, I mean it's happening. Yeah, carousel yeah, it is. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good that's a good restaurant. But even though I eat a lot, I'm not much of a restaurant guy. Yeah, I I like to have I like to have good company. How about activity? Like, what activity do you recommend if uh, someone's just landing in LA right now? What would you suggest that they do? Well, get to know people. I play soccer a lot here. There's a good, you know, good soccer community. Is there a good way to find out um, to join a community? Like, where should they go? Well, I, you know, I'm. You're asking someone who is who kept his head down and you know yeah. studied for the past 15 years or worked to build himself up and has two children and a and wife exactly. and somehow makes his way to all of my crazy like dinners <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like so, activities yeah but but, but i mean there, apologies a, for stealing all your social time <laughs> no no it's okay there, there isn't a shortage of of stuff to do in la right you can you can always do stuff but the i think the the ultimately you have to go out put yourself out there and meet new people like i met you you know yeah. we we met you know you put an ad on instagram i dm'd you i'm like hey i'm interested then we talked and we now i'm part of another community right yeah and that's what people should do yeah follow the breadcrumbs yeah. 100% who is an la tech talent or company you've come across lately who's really impressed you oh you me? Yeah, yeah, definitely you. I mean, you're, so you're I trying mean, to make after, me blush. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no after you know, uh, thank you. Yeah, I after, should say thank you. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's true. This is receiving. Right? It's, it's I need true. to work on my receiving abilities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. You should acknowledge that. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure to uh, you know hear guys' podcast too, so that was. I I was always interested in having someone from the biotech industry mm -hmm. give his take on uh, sci all, all the net. crazy that is going on right now. S-C-I-F-I-N-D.net? Yes. So, um, and that was very, you know, I was actually, I was fortunate to be, you know, listening to that podcast and I got a ton of value and I, I, I respect him for it, right? I, I value his knowledge and expertise that he brought to the show. Uh, and that was that was a learning experience for me. And you know, as for you, I, the things you do, it's like it's, it's ridiculously not easy. You know, it's not easy. Not everyone would do it. Uh, no one's so, doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, for, and for someone to go through all that to give people context, they probably podcast listeners don't necessarily know what the summer series. Why don't you give them some context? Well, it's 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 experiences, right? So you're you're creating experiences for everybody involved, and and for me, it's everything is new, right? For me, who comes from naturally an introvert. And I'm, you know, getting into this entrepreneurship thing, right? You gave me a, an outlet, an outlet to put myself out there, be more comfortable uh, and, you know, meet new people, enjoy the company. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's what we are, LA Tech is all about, right? Uh, opportunities, right? You're creating opportunities for people, experiences, opportunities. And we're grateful. We cannot be more grateful. Like, Makes me so happy. So in my personal life, I'm such a nerd over software. What is your favorite app or website? Uh, it doesn't have to be LA. I just want to get. No, the, I uh, just want to know all the software out there. <laughs> so I'm I'm one who develops API. Like I don't develop them, but I yeah. worked in developing APIs. So I like to develop new stuff. Like Discord, I like uh, Slack, good, and 
Mm, that's kind of what comes to mind right now. Discord and Slack. Discord I feel and Slack. like you stole that from Guy's podcast. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> because I haven't thought about it. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. What am I going to say to that question? <laughs> it's like, anyways. All right. What do you use to record your podcast? Uh, what do I use? Yeah. Uh, StreamYard or Zoom? There you go. StreamYard, yeah, Zoom. Yeah, these good. are good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those are good. Uh, I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm a rookie podcaster, right? So uh, I'm more more concerned with the content, you know, having value to add to other people, yeah. right? Versus how the editing goes and how the like, I don't. I, I, honestly don't care <laughs> you know yeah. it's like if you get if you if you listen to five minutes of it and get value from it i'm 100 you know thank you so much for hanging out with the we are late tech podcast is there anything else that we left out that you really wanted to touch base on uh, i think i think we covered it i think this is like a really exciting episode <laughs> like you're i've never heard someone discover their co-founder in that yeah, way. Yeah, I know, right? Tell me about it. On, on a different day, I'll tell you how I got a meeting with Sequoia Capital, the top venture capitalist in the world with, without knowing anyone and just sending an email. So um, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the Los Angeles tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, my name is Harut Markarian. I'm the co-founder of Markbotics, where we develop assistive robotics to reimagine independent living and accessibility. We are uh, coming to you from Porter Ranch, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.